when the storm sirens go off. You ready to get yourself and your family down your storm shelter? Nah, man, not me. I opened up mine the other day. Grass clippings, dead spiders, a couple live spiders, a dead scorpion, live crickets were down there. Why would I have my wife and my family go down to that storm shelter? Can't even keep it clean. So what I decided to do, I called up StormCheck.team. They team up with local veterans to keep your storm shelter safe and clean. They offer their signature five-point service, which includes they get down there, they vacuum, they clean. Those dead spiders, grass clippings, live spiders, gone. It's sanitized. It's deodorized. They give you fresh water supply. Install a motion-sensored LED light. How brilliant is that? And they ensure that your shelter location is registered with your local emergency management office in your respective city, state, and town. Freaking brilliant. For the premium subscriber, you get to see them twice a year and you get a first aid kit. Give them a visit on their website, www.stormcheck.team. Get to know them. They're awesome. They're undefeated, just like your storm shelter will be. That's www.stormcheck.team. Stop being afraid of your storm shelter. Give them a call. Thank you so much for tuning into Defining Moments Podcast. We appreciate your feedback. We appreciate your time, the time that you took to listen to the guests and their story. Any feedback you have will be greatly welcomed. Improvements, critical thoughts, please let us know. Be brutally honest because that's how we like it. Enjoy your day. Stay undefeated. Welcome back to the Undefeated Show, Defining Moments podcast, located here in Project 3810, the house that Kyle Golding built. My name is Wong Lam. Today's very special guest is the undefeated governor of this great state of Oklahoma, the 28th governor, Governor Stitt. Welcome to the podcast, sir. Thank you so much, Wong. I, I like that undefeated comment. That's pretty good. Absolutely. I may start using that. That's our theme. That's our theme. <laughs> That's our theme. And today's very special captain of the show is my wife. Margie Lamb. Awesome. Here we go. <laughs> All right. Well, before we start the show, I don't know if you read books or not, but there's a book called The Five Love Languages. Have you read that book? I have. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, then I guess gift giving is one of our love languages of the podcast, so we have a <laughs> gift for you. Nice. And your wife. <laughs> and the first lady. And the first lady. Yeah. Good. Yeah. It's all in there. Thank you. Do you want me to open it now or open it later? Uh, you can open it now. Uh, yeah, yeah, you can open it now. <laughs> Carly, might. we didn't forget about you either. <laughs> nice. And we didn't forget about Kate. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Got some nice you got uh, some swag. t-shirts, some swag. You got yeah. some Thank swag. you so much. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Okay, thank you. Uh-huh. And do you do autographs too? Absolutely. Okay, because we have our followers from South Dakota. Like, hey, can you get him to sign one of our hats? She's a rancher. They're ranchers, and so like, South yeah. Dakota. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and we have tell a, her I've got Christy Nome, Governor Nome, coming to Oklahoma. Uh, wow. Do a do an event uh, in uh, in April. So. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. So I'm a big fan of uh, South Dakota Governor too. Yeah, that's yeah. Awesome. So are we. We yeah. Really, yeah. really like yeah. her. Yeah, she's awesome. She's very strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So how are you doing this morning? 
Doing great, doing great. Uh, uh, you know, yesterday I was down and went down and visited the tornado damage in southeast Oklahoma. Yeah. And on our way down there, I got briefed. Our team called me and the highway patrol let me know that we had a tragic accident in Tishomingo. Yeah. So six young girls, uh, 17 years old, coming back from lunch, yeah. uh, from their lunch day. Um, and just, that was just, that's really been devastating. Because I had one of my daughters with me on that trip to go down and see. I try to take one of my kids with me yeah. when I go do, do different things and just to let them experience uh, what dad does. And, and uh, so, man, that hit close to home. Mm-hmm. Just mm. just uh, thought about you know those those six families. They kissed their daughter goodbye that morning and normal yeah. day, going off to school. And um, we just have to be so so. Pre- life is so precious. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We know that you're the, obviously the governor. How does the governor start his day in the mornings? What are some habits? Well, you know, uh, in 2020 and 2021, I was on a great streak. Uh, I was waking up and going to work out with two other friends at 5 a.m. every morning. Then I hurt my shoulder, so I have been <laughs> off the wagon for about three or four months now, and uh, I just feel lazy. But uh, I, I get up at 6. This morning, I, it's called Radio Wednesdays, and mm-hmm. so I was on, I'm on radio all over the state uh, just talking about the legislative agenda and just letting the community ask questions. Yeah. And, and so that's kind of fun. So that's what yeah. I did this morning. So I was on the radio uh, all over the state of Oklahoma this morning at 630 and then drove right here. Uh, and then I usually start the day at the office at, uh, at 830, I'll have staff meeting starts at nine. And um, and then, you know, during the legislative session, it's from, from February 1st to basically May 31st. And that's mm-hmm. the really – that's kind of our football season. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, and then everything is off season. So that's when the legislature's at the Capitol. It's super busy, packed. Uh, everybody comes to the Capitol. So I'm speaking six, seven times a day. Yeah. Um, then we had a dinner. I had a dinner at the governor's mansion last night. I've got another event tonight. So it's just – it's pretty packed. And, yeah. and then on Fridays, I try to travel the state, go to different areas – uh, so that's kind of my schedule, and um, and then the off season, it's it's uh, focusing on running the the state agencies a mm-hmm. lot because um, I'm the CEO of a twenty two billion dollar uh, budget <laughs> and thirty thousand employees, right? And so um, uh, it's fun though. I love it. It's it's uh, it's so so exciting to be a fourth generation Oklahoman and yeah. thinking about my grandparents. One of my granddads had an eighth grade education, was a dairy wow. farmer. Yeah. And I think about what granddad would think about his grandson being governor today. And uh, obviously he's passed on. But right. uh, uh, anyway, it's, 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 it's true honor. Yeah. Uh, talk, a, talk a little bit about that family. It sounds like is so important to you and, yeah. and trying to bring them not only into what you're doing on a day-to-day basis, but also how they laid the foundation for where you are today. So talk a little bit about sure. that. Yeah. So uh, my background, mom and dad, uh, um, great parents. I actually just talked to them today. They're on an RV trip down in Florida right now. That's awesome. And so, nice. you know, you talk to your parents <laughs> yeah, and yeah. dad, they're telling me about all the people they meet in the RV Aww. park. <laughs> <laughs> so mom called me on the way over here. And uh, But dad was a pastor in Norman, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, faith is very important to me. Um, so, And then I met my wife after college in, uh, in Tulsa. And okay. we've been married now for 23 years, have six children. Yep. If you can believe that, my oldest daughter just got engaged. So oh, we're, congratulations. Yeah, we're yeah. super excited. She met uh, her uh, fiancé at Baylor. She's a senior down there. And so we're really excited to 
have a son-in-law and they're going to get married in December. Nice. Uh, so that's cool. Here or? They're going to get married here in Oklahoma City. Fantastic. And uh, so we're really excited about that. He's from North Carolina. They met down at Baylor and he actually just got accepted to OU Med School. So oh, he, wonderful. He's that's starting awesome. in, the, in the fall and, and uh, so it'll be, be neat. But uh, yeah, my, uh, my dad's dad was the head vet at the Oklahoma City Stockyards for okay. 25 years. Wow. So he was a veterinarian. And then my mom's dad was from Skytook, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and was a dairy farmer and, uh, and rancher. And so a lot of, a lot of all my cousins are team ropers and, and the rodeo lifestyle. And then, and then uh, um, so I always love that yeah. rule that's just kind of Oklahoma values, our way of life. And yeah. so I really connect with the, with the rural part of our state. And you have a, a kid that's getting kind of really into it, right, with showing – yeah, I had one of my sons uh, was in FFA and showed uh, pigs, yeah. And, yeah. and so that's really a that's a whole nother culture. <laughs> and uh, and so I, I went to OYE, which is a youth uh, expo show here, mm-hmm. one of the best in the nation. Yeah, and um, so that that's all. I just love those programs, those those young people, what they do, and then so yeah, one, my daughter's barrel raced a couple times, and my seven year old, or he's eight now did mutton busting. Do y'all know what that is? Yes, I've heard of it, yeah. Okay. No, you, like I don't know about it. Okay, <laughs> well, you know, these little youth rodeos, the little six, five, six, seven-year-olds, they get on a sheep, okay, okay. and they have the whole giddy-up like a, like a bull rider. So they'll have a helmet, they have the flak jacket, and these little kids are so cute, and they and they hold on to. I've got a video I have to show y'all. Uh, they'll hold on to the to the lamb, and they they let them out, and and, and the sheep, you know, run down, and they try to hold on for eight yeah. seconds as, yeah. as the sheep's running down, and they, they're hanging on to the side, and yeah. and uh, it's so cute. I'm surprised actually you hadn't heard of that no, yet. No, I've seen it, but maybe I just don't didn't know the didn't term. know the term. Yeah, the official Mut- term. mutton busting. Mutton busting. Mutton busting. I like to go noodling. That's oh, do that's you really? A, yeah, I want to go. I want to go this spring. Well, that, let's gives, let's yeah. let's do it. I, I'll uh, I'll hold the fish after you pull it out of the hole. Because okay? I'm <laughs> I'm afraid to put my hand. That's in That's what I'm afraid of. <laughs> yeah, because Lieutenant Governor Purnell, he's been noodling. Has he really? I, I've seen it on uh, Twitter. Yeah. Okay. Well, I can't yeah. let Purnell pass me up. I'm gonna have to. <laughs> no. Have to show him up and do that. But no, I've always been. My brother's done it before, but it uh, feels a little scary. Uh, reach sure. well, you into a hole. Yeah, you don't know what's down there. Snake. I'm kind of afraid of snakes. <laughs> That's what more what I'm afraid of more than anything. Well, else. we find snakes. So back track a little bit. Back in July of last year, you came to Moore, Oklahoma, for the I call it we call it the Freedom Fest. I think they and do call UMC. it the Freedom. The, Fest. Is it the Freedom mm-hmm. Fest? I think so. And you stopped by our booth because I clean out storm shelter, storm check, and then we we're talking about snakes and mice and frogs you find in these storm shelters so it's kind of like that but actually you visually see it right when you go to storm shelters so we we find snakes and we find all sorts of junk in storm shelters oh yes so that's what you do you you clean out storm shelters that's a business we started in 2020 excellent yeah and so we started that in 2020 llc'd it and then now we hire veterans to come work with us because the eventual goal is to give them ownership where they have different regions of the state or different parts of the country where they can take ownership and they they become partners and they have their own little company. That's great. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, great. You've been doing it for a little while. Now, yeah. <clears throat> your clientele for the storm shelters are mostly like elderly people, which mm-hmm. is also really great because they can't get down there typically yeah. to just do the cleaning. So they restock um, the shelter, make sure it's got food and water for them. and uh, Motion sensor lights and registered properly. And yeah. 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 Everything works. Everything is in order. Yeah. 
That's great. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that's thanks, yeah. for, thanks for doing that. And also hiring <laughs> veterans. I mean. Thank you, Governor. I appreciate uh, it. The, the, just kind of tell me, do they make really good workers? Because I hear that people, and I'm trying to encourage more of our um, you know, companies to focus on veterans. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to actually eliminate the uh, retirement tax on veterans. So I want Ooh. those folks staying in Oklahoma. We Love have five it. military bases. And a lot of times they'll retire to states like Texas or Tennessee or Florida that don't have the income tax. Yeah. So I want to eliminate that. And then, because they're going to be in a second career, a lot of cases, these folks yeah. retire at 45 or 50 or whatever. Yeah. And we want them, they'll have a great second career. So I want yeah. them from a workforce perspective to come back to Oklahoma. Yeah, that, that's a good question. We, I enjoy working with them personally because not only are they great workers and very detailed, but they're stories that they tell you about when they served and they were overseas and some of their missions, it gives you a different perspective, gives you more of a like prideful, like when you see the American flag, you're like, this this is why we live here. Mm-hmm. Uh, my parents came over off of a boat from Vietnam, yeah. rescued by the United States military and stayed with a, in a refugee camp and then sponsored by couples in Guthrie, Oklahoma. So our ties to Oklahoma run really deep. Yeah. So, yeah. That's awesome. It's about giving back and having fun and enjoying your freedoms. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 100%. Freedoms, baby. <laughs> I, talk, I talk a lot about freedoms. It's common sense to me. Why anybody would want the government to tell them everything to do, I just I just don't understand right. it. I don't understand it. Yeah. The freedom yeah. to make your own choices. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Freedom is a pretty big tag. Uh, along with undefeated, freedom's a pretty big tagline <laughs> of ours as well. I love it. I love it. Freedom like you mean it. That's what you, that's what you usually say. Yeah. And, you know, people that have the perspective that you do, I meet refugees and I meet people coming from other countries and the 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 folks that i've met from florida from cuba just mm-hmm. different perspective mm-hmm. and they are so um you know concerned about what they see and, and and what they saw and what their parents and grandparents told them about losing your freedom and and having a big centralized government dictating and mandating to their citizens mm-hmm. i think our four our founders got it right when they said we should have a limited central government and anything that's not specifically given to the central government, the federal government, belongs to the states or the people. Right. And that's why we have been fighting back in Oklahoma against any federal overreach uh, because I believe in freedoms. It's just the Oklahoma way. It's common sense to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we're going to continue to uh, to push back. I love it. We love it. We love it. You talked about OYE and uh, Calvin's Congress. Mm-hmm. Is that here to stay in Oklahoma? It is. Is it? it? Is. Yeah, I'd love to tell that story. That's yeah. a great story. Yeah, Let's hear about do. it. Yeah, because our friend, one of our good friends, Jeff Parker, is a local rancher, and we buy our beef from him. So yeah, we hang out with him, and we'd love to hear about yeah, it. Yeah. Well, first off, you know, during during COVID, the governor of Colorado like closed his state down, yeah. and you know, Oklahoma. Uh, I said, listen, we have got to keep everything open, our businesses open. So we were the first state to really uh, do that. We really never even shut down like these other states did. And mm-hmm. so when I found out that this cattle show is the largest in the country, they couldn't hold yep. their show. I, I found out about it. I went and recruited them to Oklahoma. And huge success, 17 days of hotels and restaurants filled, and our economy's booming, right? Mm-hmm. Well, they got so frustrated with Colorado that they decided to leave Colorado after 100 years, and they've officially wow. moved to Oklahoma. Awesome. So they just had their second show, and it's just been amazing. And yeah. it's kind of a side note on that whole issue. The governor of Colorado ended up declaring like a meatless holiday, okay, <laughs> during this time period. 
Well, I was trying to throw gas on that fire and recruit more <laughs> ag companies to Oklahoma um, because we have a great ag industry and we're yeah. number two beef producer in the country. And, and so uh, I declared meat all week, kind of snapping back at him. <laughs> and, uh, and then after that, the, uh, this organization called PETA, yeah. Found out about it. They didn't like it, so they set up this billboard against me. Yeah. And they said, Governor Meathead Stitt. They called me Meathead Stitt. <laughs> yeah. Go vegan for life. And, and I saw that, and I was like, oh, man, I love it. This is, this is, <laughs> this is fantastic. And so I actually got – I told my team to go get a, a huge smoker. I got hot dogs and hamburgers and steaks donated. And my most fun day as governor is grilling out steaks underneath that PETA sign in South Oklahoma City. (laughs) I mean, I I got on the radio. I invited Oklahoma City to come over there. I had the media was there. And, uh, and, but here's, it's so funny because I just did it in good humor, right? Right. They didn't know what to do. And, but the media asked me this. They said, they came up to me and they said, what would you say if somebody wants to be a vegan? And I said, here's what I tell you. If you want to be a vegan, be a vegan. If you want to eat steak, eat steak. Because in Oklahoma, we believe in freedom. Mm. And it doesn't matter. And and that's the whole message to, to, uh, to kind of my beliefs and what I believe Oklahoma's values are. Uh, we don't want people telling us what to do. We believe we want to make our own decisions. We want to raise our children. And, and we want the best education for them. We want the best opportunity in, in uh, the economy. I want the best roads and bridges. I want the best access to health care. So mm-hmm. those four things I focus on as governor, and it's been going really well. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. How do you take your steak? <laughs> uh, medium rare plus. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. slightly leaning more towards the medium. So yes. Yeah, it's just so my <laughs> wife likes medium rare. I'm more medium um, but sometimes medium can be a little overdone. And yeah. Sometimes medium rare is a little too rare for me. So <laughs> I try to get it right in between there. So if you go to a steakhouse <laughs> and you order medium rare plus, do they understand that? Uh, you know, I, mo- they, they act like they do. So they, they write it down and, and I'm, I kind of cross my fingers on how it's going to come out. Oh, that's great. <laughs> but as governor, I have a private chef. So it's a, it's, it's a, oh, it's, nice. a nice, it's a nice perk. They, so. they get, yeah, they get you then. Wow. That's a good perk. Wow. Yeah, that is a good perk. Yeah. How do you balance political life, dad life, husband life in real life? Yeah, you know, uh, it, well, in my in my business, whether whether I'm now serving the state or back when I was the CEO of my company, um, you know, I, I believe you always, you have to have your priorities right. So I, you always put God first. So mm-hmm. I start with reading the Bible every single morning, uh, have my little devotional. And, uh, and then I think family's second, and then your job and your career is, is, uh, is third. And so you have to keep your priorities right. It's what I always talk to our, my team members at, at uh, my company Gateway about. And uh, same thing we talk to our staff about here, and we pray before our meetings. And so I think having that right balance, keeping your perspective, if you get too focused on just your career, um, that's a loser strategy. Because ultimately, you know, uh, our faith in the Lord is the most important thing. And, um, and then, but then we just, we, I I believe you have to work a schedule. And so I'm so, uh, detailed and just anal about, Hey, I've got to work from eight to five or eight to five 30 or whatever you set your schedule at. Mm -hmm. And I just refuse to, uh, break that schedule. And I think I I learned that in college and I'm so afraid of failure that, uh, I feel like if I, if I, leave early or if I stop working then then I'm going to somehow mess up so um, 
I just believe you have to work hard. I believe your kids need to see you getting up and mom and dad mm-hmm. or whoever going to work. Um, so I think that's super important for us and the values that we teach to that next generation. And so I think that's important for, for young people to see and have uh, role models uh, and people to look up to. So I love love sharing and talking to young people and also inspiring them that you mm-hmm. can accomplish anything that you set your mind to do. And uh, um, there's, no, there's no dreams or desires that the Lord has put into your heart that you can't go accomplish. And with the right, with the right steps and with the right preparation, um, you know, there's, there's a series of decisions that you have to make uh, to get yourself to where you want to be. But that, that's a pathway that we can teach young people, and that's yeah. part of our hope message that we try to get out to, uh, to, to, to the state of Oklahoma and especially our education system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You hit on a word, decision. What was your decision? Why did you get into politics? You know, I, I was really inspired uh, by because I, I looked at how my state was struggling. So if you think back, if you remember 2017, 2018, um, we were having billion-dollar budget deficits. We were having teacher walkouts. We had state agencies losing money. And I'm over here in Tulsa. I'd been the CEO of my company and, 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 grown, and, and in the business world for 20 years. And I looked over at what was happening. I was like, this doesn't make sense. My company, we did business in 40 other states. And I saw all this momentum happening in, in Florida and Texas and Tennessee. And then I looked at who was running. And it just looked like the exact same profile as who had got us in this mess. Mm. And it was just the career politicians. And I was like, man, nothing's going to change. And I just really felt convicted to get involved. And that's the great thing about America. That's the great thing about Oklahoma is it's citizen-led. Yeah. And our mm-hmm. founders expected somebody to step away from their farm or their, or their teaching job or their business career and come and serve the state yeah. and serve their country and yeah. then go back. And so – uh, you know, I just really felt like I was called to do it, and so I was super scared. I didn't know anything about politics, um, but I, I I raised my hand and I said I'm going to run. There was ten other people running, yeah. And uh, Oklahomans ended up agreeing with me, and 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 I won. And they wanted a fresh set of eyes and somebody outside of the political arena. Mm-hmm. And I'm mess I'm I'm making some people nervous on in the the establishment, mm-hmm. uh, but but I think Oklahomans can see me fighting for what's best for all four million Oklahomans. I never choose just this industry or this industry. Right. So I'm disrupting and changing um, a lot of things in state government. And it's it, it's exciting. I think Oklahomans are with me. Yeah. Talk yeah. about that that night when you found out you did win. How, what was going <laughs> through your head then? Well, uh, so, so I had, to, I had there was three elections. So the yeah. first one was the primary. And, uh, and most people don't realize this, but I got second place. Yep. But that was my whole goal was I had to wiggle into that runoff. Yeah. And I was running against the lieutenant governor mm-hmm. and the mayor of Oklahoma City mm-hmm. and ended up beating the, the lieutenant governor by 2,400 votes. Yep. But I lost by 30,000 to the mayor of Oklahoma City. But I knew if I got one of them to head-to-head, mm-hmm. uh, I was going to win it and ended up winning the, the runoff. And then when the general came around, it was the polling was showing it was really tight all the way up through because – the, the state was not doing well, and yeah. so a lot of times it'll flip parties, especially in Oklahoma. If the president is Republican, our state normally hire, uh, hires a Democrat governor. Mm-hmm. If, the, if the state is a, a Democrat uh, president, it'll go Republican. So even mm-hmm. though everybody thinks we're super red state, traditionally we flipped, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of odd. But uh, uh, so me being the outsider, I was able to able – to, uh, I felt like I, I was able to win and, and defeated Drew Edmondson by about 10 points in the general. 
Uh, but that night, I mean, it's just there's there's no feeling like it. It's just uh, <laughs> so you're there at your watch party, and you got all the the watch party people, and then I was at the kind of our headquarters where where our team was, and all the campaign people bring it, looking at the results coming in, and my wife and I we were up at the hotel room and fixing to go down, and uh, really just. Um, you know, kind of in a time of mm-hmm. prayer, like what's yeah. going to happen, That's and awesome. and then when you walk down, and I walk in, and and then and then they said, "Hey, um, you're going to win this thing." <laughs> it, it chokes you up, thank you. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and then and then when they declare you the winner, and you get the phone call from your opponent uh, conceding the race, and then they start calling you governor elect, and security shows up, <laughs> and. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then you've got a, a, a black SUV driving you over to the watch party. And uh, we had, at that time, it was Houston, our youngest. Our other kids were already over with my parents and the babysitter and stuff. And so we had our, I think he was five at the time, or actually four. I think our youngest was four then. Um, and it's just an amazing feeling riding over to the watch party to get a, to, 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 to address the crowd. Yeah. And, uh, something you'll never forget. Yeah. Right. Speaking of that feeling, you want to keep that feeling of momentum going into this year, your reelection and winning it again. And so that's the undefeated mentality. What have you learned from the first campaign to now? And how can you carry that with a sense of urgency going forward? Yeah, you know, like I said, I'm just a super hard worker. People that know me and the staff and how hard we push. So we're not going to let off for the next four years. Um, You know, the the top ten – the vision, you know, the CEO has mm-hmm. to cast a vision and has to say, here's the direction we're heading and here's the aspirational goal. And so that's why I said, hey, we need to be top 10 at everything we do. And so I've, I've brought my cabinet in and just tons of super sharp, sharp business folks running our, our different state agencies. And I'm always challenging them. Hey, if, if, uh, if California, if Texas, if, if uh, Illinois, if Kansas, if they're beating us, mm. why are they beating us? Mm. Our state takes second place in no other state. So we should be top 10 in roads and bridges and healthcare and education and the economy. And that's what I challenge them to do. And so we have a governor's scorecard where we track all these different metrics and we're going through, you have to take a realistic view where you're at today. And if we're 47th in something, well, I'm not satisfied with that. We have got to do better. And if other states can do it, we can too. And so I'm going to keep that same drive and that same uh, push for top 10. And one of the most, the things I'm most proud of is the atmosphere in Oklahoma is changing. People are being, I I have people all the time just going, you know what? When I would travel before, I'd be like, I'm from Oklahoma. And it was kind of, it was kind of felt like a (laughs) second class state almost. Like we're little brother to Texas or whatever. People now have their head held high, their chest out, and they're saying, dang right, I'm from Oklahoma. It's the best state in the country. Yeah. And I think that's because we have been just hammering this top 10 and the bravado and the momentum that we're getting. We're number, uh, we have the lowest unemployment we've ever had. We're mm-hmm. 2.7%. We're number five in the country, largest savings account we've ever had. Uh, I cut taxes last year. The pro business, pro freedom policies are just driving people to mm-hmm. wake up and see the advantages of Oklahoma. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Freedom and patriotism will always be in style. That's the way we look at it. Absolutely. Doesn't ever go out of style. I hope so. Yes. Yeah. I'd hope that never goes out of style. <laughs> so well, you, there's some states that, that think it's out of style, which is crazy. Unfortunately, yes. And and as I love the idea of keeping Oklahoma this way because I yeah. think it is something to be really proud of. Yeah. Absolutely. Your leadership style is is strong and I, and I love it because I feel like it we need leadership with strong backbones and feel like our 
agricultural community really enjoy your leadership as along with our military and law enforcement. So how does Governor Stitt create a culture? Uh, well, you know, I think a lot of it is, is kind of my values. I think we have to uh, um, have the right values. We're going to always take care of take care of uh, take care of each other. Um, so the culture, um, you know, I think there's two cultures probably inside the state capitol and my employees mm-hmm. and what I'm doing. Uh, so I can talk about that. And then overall, yeah. for the state of Oklahoma, um, what are our values and what is the culture? That's more the top ten message and the yeah. things yeah. that I'm promoting. Uh, inside the capitol, the, the culture there, I'm trying to, you know, shine a light on any any kind of corruption or any kind of backroom dealing. The, my, one of my first executive orders was I banned uh, lobbyists from being hired by state agencies because when I came there, I found out that my state agencies were hiring lobbyists. So in other words, it's like it's like your your risk department and your sales department and your IT department and your HR department all hire an individual lobbyist uh, to go confuse and lobby against each other. Well, we're all on one team, yeah, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So trying to bring that message, uh, I'm the the first governor that I have uh, every, every twice a year. I bring all the state agencies together, and we have a vision casting and kind of a uh, offsite strategy session. Uh, same thing when you do in the private sector where you have to go off-site. You've got to get 30,000-foot view because you get into the day-to-day and you can't yeah. see the forest for the trees. Sometimes you have to get on top of the situation. And I yeah. try to elevate people to say, don't think about just your little silo. Yeah. Think about moving the whole state forward for a second. Yeah. Because people can be so protective of, oh, this is my deal. Uh, versus the CEO has to bring everybody up to say, hey, no, no, I've got to call ball and strikes, and this might be good for your your little one area, mm-hmm. but it's not good for 4 million Oklahomans. Yeah. Right. And, and a case in point on that, you know, nursing. I, I'm, mm-hmm. I've been pushing. We need more nurses in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm trying to get career techs to train more nurses. Well, the two-year colleges get mad. I'm like, <laughs> guys, the taxpayers don't know if it's a two-year college, a four-year college, if it's a career tech. It's all the taxpayer dollars. Yeah. Let's train the workforce of tomorrow and let's stop mm. being territorial. Other states have got this figured out better than we do, and we just have all these different silos. So my job is trying to break those down, which uh, upsets some of the folks that I'm breaking a silo. But I don't care because I'm thinking about what's best for all 4 million Oklahomans, and Love Oklahomans it. are with me. Yeah. Love it. Love yeah. it. That's awesome. What are a couple of questions, maybe two, that no one ever asked the governor that you wish they would ask you? Oh, man. Um, I, I think pretty much people ask me every single day. Uh, I love I love the fact that you kind of talk to me about my family because I think most people just focus on the, the legislation uh, stuff. But uh, it is hard on a family. Uh, I had, to, if you think about it, um, you know, I had six kids and, and we had a life in Tulsa and we lived there for 20 years. All my kids, the only thing they knew was, was Tulsa and the schools and the friends. And then, uh, you know, I uprooted the family and moved them to Oklahoma City. And so uh, the younger kids were fine. They integrate yeah. quickly. But, you know, uh, some of my kids were like, Dad, how come you had to win and ruin my life? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know. I know. So I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, son. This is, this is kind of what the life. Lord yeah. has called us to do here. And, and uh, you're going to be okay. But so people, I think they, they – it's easy. It's easy to take shots at your public officials, and you mm, don't know who they yeah. are. 
Uh, but I try to give everybody grace because these are people that are just trying to serve their state, and they are real people with with uh, you know real families. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, giving those folks grace and knowing that they are serving, and and um, because politics, and that's the other thing I tell Oklahomans, the legislature here is, uh, listen, we're all Oklahomans. Let's not play Washington D.C. politics. Let those guys you know do that up there. We're simply building roads and bridges, the best schools, the best hospitals. Uh, we want the best economy here. Uh, so let's not play all the you know mm-hmm. the politics here because we, we don't want that infiltrating. But but it just gets so nasty. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I do have a question. Yeah. that I've never heard really any reporter ask you or during your press conferences. So we know that the first lady is really into mental health advocate. How can we get her on our podcast? <laughs> just, just ask. She, she would. Uh, she'll absolutely love you to do it, and she'll do a better job than me. I can assure you. She's, she is amazing. People everywhere she goes and she speaks. She just uh, yeah. has a has a genuine way of doing that, and she uh, had a tough upbringing, and uh, so her passion is uh, bringing hope. So she started the Hope Foundation. She's <clears throat> delivering that across the state. <clears throat> Mental health is obviously something that she's passionate about. She had some family members deal with stuff as she was growing up, and so uh, it's super, super close to her heart. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, one thing that is that I'm seeing out of your administration in particular, and I think Wong said it, is just this, you know, strong vision for the future of Oklahoma um, and for the people in it, which is, you know, that personal accountability. What can you do to make Oklahoma a better place to live? Um, and so, one of the things coming from like a women's perspective is, you know, what do you, what do you see for the women of Oklahoma? How can they be involved in shaping the state into what your vision is? Sure. I mean, um, you know, the first off, I've put more women on my cabinet than any other governor in history. And so uh, just the talent of, of uh, women that we have in our state is unbelievable. So I recognize that and try to bring them into state government just like we do, uh, you know, some talented gentlemen as well. But, you know, you know, women, women obviously, if they're going to be in the workforce, we want to make sure that they have every opportunity uh, to succeed just like anybody. A lot of times we have uh, uh, moms that during this phase of their life, they're taking care of kids and they're at home. So we want to give them every opportunity to make sure that we have the best education system. Yeah. We give them all the tools that they need. So whatever they choose in life, we want to be supportive uh, of them and um, give them every opportunity. So um, I think, you know, moms and, and uh and, and women, they want, just like we do as, as men, they want the best education for their kids. They want the best opportunity for uh, growth. They want safe communities. Mm. Uh, so we're backing the blue, and that's something that we, we're focused on. We could, we, could, we could talk about as well, um, that uh, we, we've got to have safe communities. Yeah. And so that's something that with law enforcement, I'm trying to do. I've got a, a consolidation plan this year because it's so hard to recruit officers on the street right now Mm -hmm. so we need to give them more opportunities for advancement or moving after you do five years on the street then here's what we can do and you can get into investigation or obn Mm -hmm. we're trying to consolidate that that's the legislation that we have passed yeah Uh, we're putting a mental health um, system inside our law enforcement because for example uh, those the officers that worked that wreck with those six girls that we talked about in tishomingo that has an effect because they're going to a lot of times have teenage daughters themselves. Yeah. And then we just throw them right back out to the next call. Yeah. So we are sending down 
uh, you know, counselors to make sure, do they need to be pulled off the street? Do they need some extra, you know, uh, help because of that trauma that they just yeah. experienced? Right. So all those things, we've learned a lot, and I'm trying, and I've seen that from other states. Remember, in business or now in governor, uh, I, I want to steal the best ideas yeah. from this state and this state and this state, and then yeah. bring it back and implement it in Oklahoma so we can be top 10. Mm-hmm. So all those things uh, we're, we're, we're focused on in law enforcement safety, but I, I you know, uh, and then we have some women's councils, and I have people in my administration that kind of will advise me and tell mm-hmm. me different things to uh, that we need to get involved with. Yeah, what do you see as like the next big opportunity for Oklahoma to take advantage of, whether it be you know an economy item or whether it's a legislative item or you know I I think uh, we're really leaning into uh, energy, and I think Washington D.C. can take a lot of. Uh, you know, points from Oklahoma. And, I, and I've been to D.C. and met with President Biden and, and the Secretary of Energy. And we have kind of an innovation, all of the above approach. And I think we need to continue to lead on that and talk about it. Uh, what I mean by that is we're number six in oil production, number four in natural gas, but we're also number two in wind energy production. So some of the cleanest water, cleanest air in the country is in Oklahoma. And that blows people's mind back east because they think that we're just oil and gas. Mm -hmm. And we're actually one of only four states that over 40% of our energy comes from renewables. Mm -hmm. And that's an advantage for us. So we have Mm -hmm. uh, Google's largest data center in the the world is here in Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. They love buying. Our energy is cheaper than everywhere else. Our gas prices are cheaper. And it's common sense to us in Oklahoma that why would we not fill the needs and the demands of uh, Americans and Oklahomans with our own resources and our own companies instead right. of buying from, from places that don't yeah. like us. Yeah. <laughs> it makes no sense. Right. As a matter of fact, every presidential administration since 1973 has an energy independence policy mm-hmm. until this administration. Yeah. Wow. Every president, whether you're Republican or Democrat, yeah. until this one administration, we start choking off supply, uh, canceling pipelines, yeah. canceling drilling, canceling federal drilling, making permitting more impossible. And then they wonder... Oh wow! Why did the ga- price at the at the pump go up yeah. when they choke off supply? Yeah, yeah. And remember, the demand is still here. Yeah. We're still yeah. driving to the grocery store. We're still driving to our work. We're still heating our homes and our businesses. So they have to get those resources from somewhere. So they're bringing Russian oil in, uh, <laughs> in a liquid natural gas in a in a tanker in Boston Harbor to supply the gas needs of the East Coast instead of developing pipelines from Oklahoma, clean burning natural gas yeah. or Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense. So we want to continue to develop that. We want to be an innovation leader. We're looking at hydrogen, which back to your question, hydrogen is a huge play. I signed an an MOU with Arkansas and Louisiana to go after a federal hydrogen hub here in Oklahoma. Um, uh, I think aerospace and defense is a huge advantage that we have in Oklahoma with Tinker, Mm -hmm. all the different military bases. So we're going to continue to, to drive that industry here. And then technology is something that I'm super focused on. Uh, access to capital. I've signed a lot of legislation to create more um, advantages for capital to be invested and stay in Oklahoma, awesome. which will allow more uh, startups to move yeah. here. So uh, from a business perspective, we're doing everything we can to continue to diversify and grow our state. I think that's important. That's yeah. great. Uh, maybe someone in your administration can look into uh cryptocurrencies because it does take fuel energy to burn to Time. mine the data yep however if we have clean burning energy why not use that <laughs> right i mean I'm yeah, just, yeah. So, to, to advantage the well, state that, yeah you're exactly right and matter of fact we just landed a, a company called northern data that yeah. is mining and they're going to be in eastern oklahoma because yep. 
and, and also the thing that, that is attractive to those mining type companies on cryptocurrencies is they can use off-peak uh, energy. Yes. So like yeah. when the wind is, is, is blowing at night and we got all this, a lot of times you don't have the demand, so they shut that off. Right. right. And so you can use that really cheap energy and manage that, those, uh, those, those high and low peaks. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, that's decentralized currency and it's really... We want less government around that. So. <laughs> anyway, just my two cents. Yeah, well, I mean, look, <laughs> or two look bitcoins. Inflation is forty-year yeah. highs. The the federal government continuing to print money. Nobody even talks about a three thirty trillion dollar uh, debt right now. No, yeah, no. Uh, and yeah. I think a lot of people are concerned and, and focused in on okay, well, if we're going to hit a period of stagflation or um, stagnation, even. How do I beat this inflation that's that's coming ahead of me? I'm not going to find it in the market. So where where do I find it? And I think that's why a lot of people are driven towards cryptocurrencies in general, um, because they they're looking for that place to beat inflation. And um, I know that Texas and I know that Miami in particular have been you know really involved in integrating cryptocurrencies into their economies. And so it would be some I see as an opportunity for Oklahoma too to to focus in on that and see how can we help diversify some of the income of the state in that direction as well. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. The Oklahoma coin. The Oklahoma coin. It's a possibility. (laughs) I'm just saying Miami has a coin. We can have a coin. (laughs) Miami has a coin? Miami has a coin. Yeah. You're going to have to tell me how to do that. I will. I will. Absolutely. Okay. She's she's into it. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. She's got a community built online (laughs) that she's got all these followers and she's part of these projects and it's phenomenal. (laughs) Phenomenal. Mommy has a coin. We can do it too. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. Yep. One day we'll be able to pay Kyle in Bitcoin or something to rent his space. One day we won't have to raise taxes <laughs> on anybody. Well, you'll just have a deflationary Oklahoma coin to to take care of all of it. Oh man, <laughs> love it. Yeah, yeah. In the next, let's say five or six years, personally for yourself, you see these goals and these metrics that you want to hit. What's a goal or maybe a metric that you would regret not hitting in the next five years if you don't hit it? You know. Uh, the, the top 10 is it's an aspirational and I don't think you're ever gonna you're I'm never gonna be satisfied we're never gonna achieve right. it but I'm pu- pushing everybody in that direction but I think if I after I'm finished with my time serving as governor if I haven't changed the the momentum of the state um, that's what I'll be the most disappointed in, mm. in the positivity and the growth and the can-do attitude uh, that that we're putting in place that's sure. that's what I'm I think will certainly outlive me and will get put Oklahoma on the right trajectory. And that's what I'm really, really excited about. Because if you remember, and I, and it's my wife, we're, we're uh, one of our commercials that we're running is to remind people where we were in 17 and 18. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my wife even was like, yeah, I forgot about that. You know, the teacher walkout and the <laughs> yeah. million-dollar deficits we were facing because it's so good right now and everybody's feeling so positive about Oklahoma yeah. mm-hmm. that you forget just four years ago where we were. True. And if we would have elected a different person than me as governor – um, or the, on the on the on the I guess I can say it on the Democratic side. Yeah, yeah. they would have shut down our state like every other blue state. Yeah, there's sure. never been a bigger bigger difference between a blue state and a red state than there is right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. and if you think that elections don't matter, uh, you know, go look at California their unemployment rate, and look at New York's unemployment rate, and look at Oklahoma's, yeah. sure. and look at where people are moving to because yeah. they hate the fact. That these government, big government, is restricting and dictating and mandating and telling you, you when you can go to church and you can't sing and you can't do this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And 
Yeah. My grandfathers would roll over in their grave <laughs> if they thought that you were a government was telling them they couldn't go to church. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Right. Oh yeah. yeah. And as long as wow. I'm governor, uh, we will protect those freedoms. Yeah. I and love the it. freedom of religion and uh, the freedom of speech. Yeah. And we want all thoughts. Yeah, but sure. we just don't want you to su- suppress my thought, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to let a university suppress a conservative thought. We want all thoughts in our in our in our universities and in our schools. Yeah, yeah. my brother lives in Richland, Washington State, and he's a big fan of yours. And he's actually moving back because of gas prices and the policies and political stuff that's going on. The sh- suppression, yeah. if you will. Over there. Excellent. You know, and, and the thing that we have to remember too, you know, I, I met some, just tons of people from California that move into Oklahoma. Yeah. And I'm telling them, hey, leave your politics in California. <laughs> and, and and you know what they tell me? They go, they go, listen, Governor, you gotta think about this. Twelve million people in California yeah. voted for Trump. Yeah. Twelve yeah. million people. Yeah. yeah. It just so happens that however many million voted for Biden, yeah. but that's three times the size of Oklahoma. So there are my point is there are conservatives all over the country that are mm-hmm. wanting to that believe like we do yeah. in freedoms and personal responsibilities and the ability to accomplish and achieve whatever you want and getting government out of the way and let businesses go compete and win yeah. and not having government uh, intervention and, and mandates and, and regulation that actually harm small business. Right. Yeah. And I tell people all the time, you know, the big businesses are the ones that can survive those regulations. It hurts the little guy. Yeah. yeah. They, they, you know, those banks that are too big to fail and, and they have uh, their margins increase with more regulation. They're the ones in there. Yeah. They agree with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's the small guy and the entrepreneur. And we need that competition and we need that middle class uh, rising up and, yeah. and starting businesses. Yeah, yeah I agree. I love your energy, your positivity, your optimistic attitude. So my question is, because I've I've asked Carly the same question, how do you deal with negativity? Because I see it on Twitter, social media, especially when Carly has a post and then people start attacking her. I'm like, what are we, why are you guys attacking her? And then they'll start attacking you and you're not even in the post. Yeah. Well, how do you deal with negativity? Well, (laughs) Carly's awesome, by the way. Yeah. She's unbelievable. Uh, so I'm a huge fan of her, and she's she's uh, she's on our team. Um, but here's the deal: Twitter's not real life. It's like one percent, and well, that one percent that's on Twitter is yeah. majority liberal. Yeah. And then when you look at those folks, they're just they're just haters. Yeah. Uh, I can post a picture of uh, me and my son tossing the baseball and uh, in the backyard, and uh, there'll be. Um, yeah. There'll be tons of negativity. Yeah. So don't know who these people are, but uh, you know they're they're you know at home in the basement, you know, living with their parents and hating hating themselves and hating life. Uh, but it's not it's they're, they're not they're not real. So I just totally ignore them and laugh about them. My buddies uh, at a at a at a dinner party, one of their favorite things to do to get a laugh is like pull up and read the comments on some of the things. And just, it's, a, it's a fun deal for us. Yeah. Um, how stupid it is. Yeah. And uh, but but I personally am not I don't I don't really read it because I want to keep my mind uh, positive. That's awesome. Uh, so so I don't I don't like to take in all the negativity. Sure. Uh, because I, I'm afraid it'll it'll jade my decision making. So my mm. decision making is always what's best for all four million Oklahomans and and um, you know so I'm, I'm you know pretty grounded in, in what I believe and and uh, and I also tell the the insiders around the Capitol that kind of sometimes can be persuaded by the lobbyist and can be persuaded by what Twitter's saying. But here's the deal. Back in Jinx, Oklahoma, or Wayne, Oklahoma, or Skytook, Oklahoma, or Guyman, 
or Lawton. These folks are taking their kids to piano lessons. They're taking their kids to soccer practice. Uh, they're living their lives. They don't know what a veto override is. They don't even care. They right. just see. Uh, so, so, so we get so caught up in these ten thousand insiders uh, that that they lose they lose track of what everyday Oklahomans are thinking and feeling. Mm. They, they don't even know the difference between the House and the Senate and the governor and you know all, all those things. Um, and, and we kind of forget that, um, that, that these folks are just wanting the best education, the best roads and bridges. Everybody go over there and get along. And it's, it's, it's the insiders that kind of create this, uh, this, this problem, actually. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I try to kind of bring everybody above that. Let's not focus on the, the bickering. It doesn't matter in Jinx, Oklahoma, where I lived. Uh, guys, let's 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 do our job. It's a big service organization in the yeah. state of Oklahoma. We want the best economy, and I, and I just keep hammering on it: uh, roads and bridges, education, healthcare. Yeah. yeah. Wow. What's maybe a defining moment or two that you've experienced throughout your life that helped shape or mold you to where you are today? You know, a uh, couple things. Um, you know. Back in college, I had an opportunity. I was going to supposed to be my rush chairman, and uh, uh, ended up going and selling books door to door with the Southwestern Company, and uh, made that hard choice between doing something hard or doing something easy and fun. And that was a defining moment for me back in my college days to really prepare me and, and trust the Lord that He was going to take care of me, even though this looked like a harder path. Ended up being the number one kid in the entire company, and 4,000 kids did that every summer. Uh, so it was just set me on a different trajectory. And then I started my company, and I'll tell you, um, you know, people look at it today in our company. We've got like 1,700 employees. It's an American dream story, and we do business uh, all over uh, the country. Um, but man, I wanted to quit my own company a thousand times uh, as you're growing something. Yeah. And in 2006, yeah. before the financial crisis, I was hating life. I, I was maybe wishing I would have done something else. And I just remember that was a defining moment that I said, no, this, because I, I truly believe people that stay the longest win. Mm-hmm. And if you're a job hopper or you're career hopper and you try to change and go back and forth and always think the grass is greener, that's a loser strategy. And so things are always going to be tough. And so when I bu- doubled down and I said, no, this is my industry. If I'm just a local business guy here in Oklahoma, yeah. then that's what that's what I am. But I'm, I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up. It's not over until I win. And so I doubled down and, and then and our company took, took off after that. We were the perfect size and everybody else kind of got out of the industry and, and we were able to grow. It's the same thing with your wife or your marriage or your children. Um, you know, people give up too early. And I just encourage people that, you know, every marriage is hard and every uh, raising kids is hard and, and uh, school is hard, uh, but don't give up. And, uh, you know, everybody at the starting line of a race is, is I'm going to win, I'm going to win. But then the, when the race starts and the gun goes off, well, man, now it's all work. Yeah. But there's always a finish line. And don't give up before the end. You're, you'll be so satisfied. Don't give up on college or don't give up on your marriage uh, because you got to work through it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's um, I I think that's perfect advice. Yeah, I like it. The the one that stays the longest wins. Yeah, yeah. That's an undefeated mentality, which is what we talk about. I love it. Yeah, yeah. undefeated. <laughs> yeah. You ever think about going to coaching? <laughs> um, you know, I actually want to coach this year. It's it's actually one of my goals this year. I haven't done it. It's already 
first quarter's over in March. I was thinking about yeah. that the other day. Uh, I want to get a coach. I've done it before in the in the private sector, but you know, even Tiger Woods has a coach, right? Yeah. yeah. And so I'm 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 I, I'm going to thank you for reminding me about that. <laughs> I'm going to make a few phone calls. I've been trying to figure out: Do I want a uh, somebody that's been in politics to mm. coach? Do I want mm. uh, you know a, a business, business coach? Mentality. Who would be the best coach to coach a governor? Right? Yeah. Do I want a former governor? So I've got a couple people I need to reach out to. Um, but I haven't personally. Maybe after I finish my politics, and I, yeah. I get smarter and older. Uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll coach some younger folks. But I always I always want to mentor people and and, uh, and share you know what I what I know um, with people. So yeah, I guess I'd I'd like to do that too. I'd love for you to do that. I feel like you have that. You're charismatic. You're to the point. Blunt. I call it the blunt force trauma of truth. So <laughs> I think it's awesome. So how do people get in touch with you, your office, if they had questions about your policies or what's going on um, in Oklahoma? I'm looking at Carly to write the phone number down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, you can call the governor's office. Yeah. Uh, we've got a website um, that they can check on. You can see our governor's scorecard, like what I'm tracking as far as uh, the, the, the Oklahoma. I put our checkbook online. This is kind of cool. We went from 47th in transparency to like number seven in the country. Nice. Wow. Because I want to shine a light all over state government. So yeah. if, if, if citizens are seeing something that's wrong mm-hmm. and they're seeing something that they think doesn't feel right, we want to know about it. Yeah. Um, any good CEO invites audits. And so I've been, I audited the State Department of Education, first governor to ever do it. I'm like, why yep. would nobody ever do that? Right. Yeah. That's the largest spend. Anybody should be inviting uh, transparency into their organization, unless you're doing something wrong and you're trying to hide something, right? Sure. That's correct. So I'm doing that all the time and, and encourage Oklahomans to uh, to do that. But you can go to uh, gov-board.ok.gov and you can see our, our dashboard there. Um, Call our call our governor's office. Oklahoma.gov uh, is, yeah. is the regular website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, and then our office, we've got staff there that we, we we track all the phone calls and what people are calling us about and telling us about. Very neat. That's well, awesome. How how does Governor Stitt want to be remembered? Uh, man, you you said it very well, Wong. The uh, the fact that uh, I'm positivity and I led with an optimism of Oklahoma and I changed the trajectory of our state. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I would love to be remembered as, is, is a governor that uh, fought for the common person, fought for all four million Oklahomans, never got in bed with uh, big industry, and um, you know changed the trajectory of our state. I love it. Yeah. That was awesome. Thank you so much for your time. What, a, what an honor. Yeah. This has been wonderful. We appreciate you being here and just sharing a little bit with us. Oh, it's I been wonderful. It. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> look forward to keeping track of you and your undefeated uh, journey to the next uh, goal, yeah. the next victory. And, hey, yeah. let me brag on you. I mean, two Oklahomans that uh, y'all been married for four years. Yeah. And, and you guys, I mean, get, setting up a studio and you're just <laughs> giving back. You've started this company for veterans. Uh, helping people uh, uh, clean out the, their storm se- shelters, et cetera. Yeah. And, uh, and then y'all are doing this podcast. Yeah. It's amazing. And only in America, right? Only in America. Only in America. Let's I get song And particularly in Oklahoma. We love being here and uh, being a part of this state, and we're really proud of it, too. And we're proud of you as a governor. Thank you. Yeah. Thank, yeah. You, Thank so you so much for your leadership. Yeah. Are you are you a country music fan? Absolutely. Yeah, me too. Okay, we're good. Thank you. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah.
We appreciate your support to Defining Moments Podcast. A good friend of mine once told me the best one out there is the one having the most fun, and he's exactly right, and that's exactly what we're doing. We're having the most fun. Why? Because we can and we want to. Find us on social media, Twitter, at Death Moments Pod. That's at D-E-F Moments Pod. On Instagram, Facebook, at Defining Moments Podcast. Take us on the go from iHeartRadio to Spotify, all the way to YouTube. Search Defining Moments Podcast. Check out our swag at DefiningMomentsPod.com. We have a merchandise store. A lot of great stuff. Follow us on social media. We love to do giveaways. Why? Because we're undefeated. Have a good day.